0: welcome to ask Andy featuring Andrew Redleaf ask Andy is sponsored by Park State Bank visit www.parkstatebank.com for all your banking needs I want to talk today a little bit about Market Dynamics and how different dynamics in different markets the different composition of the owners and traders in different markets affects prices and how we think about prices. I think it's useful to divide the world both on the investing side and the issuing side in sort of four segments. You have algorithmic trading and investing, you have discretionary trading and investing, and then you have time scale, so call them fast and slow. So. Algorithmic fast, algorithmic slow, discretionary fast, discretionary slow. But fast varying from minutes, in the case of high frequency trading, to call it days or maybe a couple of weeks. now. When I say algorithmic trading, I don't want you to think exclusively of high-frequency computerized trading. I want you to think of anything that is automatic and on a formula. So when Jeff Bezos sells a specified number of shares every month, whatever the price, that's algorithmic slow. The pretty much whole of the 401k world You know, where automatic payroll deductions every month, going into a group of index funds or what have you, that would be algorithmic slow too. Now, 50, 60 years ago, everybody in the world but New York Stock Exchange members paid commissions that amounted to about 1% each way. And bid-ask spreads were, by law, or New York Stock Exchange rule, no tighter than an eighth. This meant 60 years ago, there was no day trading. There was no, other than uh, New York Stock Exchange members and specialists, essentially nothing that would qualify as fast. There was still um, some algorithmic slow trading. Uh, The S&P 500 index existed. Dollar cost averaging was a standard recommendation of financial advisors. But the overwhelming proportion of volume and ownership was among what I would call discretionary slow. In fact, there were stockbrokers, not financial advisors, and they spent their days calling uh, doctors and lawyers and other professionals, pitching individual stocks because they were going to go up for this, that, or the other reason. So... During the past 50 or 60 years, we've moved from entirely or almost entirely uh, discretionary slow to a very substantial amount of algorithmic trading, and within that, a mix of fast and slow, as there has been with discretionary trading. Also, that day trading or uh, quick trading really started in 1975 with the deregulation of commissions, but the move to lower trading costs and encourage trading has been pretty steady for the last 50 years. When we think about markets being efficient, the metaphor and the image and kind of everybody imagines as the driving force is not in most of the algorithmic realm. We think of the automatic contribution to an S&P index as taking advantage of market efficiency but not actually contributing to it. We see the driving force as either perhaps being valued, determined algorithmically, but more likely efficiency arising from the combination of millions of independent actors bringing their particular knowledge and discretion to bear i think in certain contexts it's useful to divide the discretionary slow fate parts of the market into value oriented and what i might call story oriented value being based on what people think is a highly predictable stream of returns based on both past history and a projection into the future, story being all about projection into the future. I would suggest that keeping these four categories in mind, different markets have different dynamics. I think it's possible to identify markets that have both no holders and no trading coming from what i called the discretionary slow world and particularly the discretionary slow value world so if one thinks of all the sovereign debt with negative rates and in fact even u.s debt sovereign debt at very very low rates it is of course possible to have the view that long-run serious deflation is in the offing and therefore a bonded zero is actually the best one can do. But I think that's much more a theoretic possibility than a real possibility. Virtually no one in the last 10 years owns long-dated sovereign debt as a matter of discretionary, slow value investing. So the long-dated treasury market is composed entirely on the slow side, people who for some reason or another are required to own treasuries, or people, whether based on some algorithm or based on their own thought and perception, believe the next trade next week what have you rates will be lower prices will be higher and they will trade out now markets dynamics tend to shift a little bit when we have massive kind of events and dislocation people can shift one very very common shift is for people whether with a basically algorithmic methodology or a discretionary methodology people simply say i don't know What's going on? It's too disorderly. There are too many different things happening. I'm not sure that my algorithm still applies, or on a discretionary basis. I, you know, I just don't know, and therefore I'm going to take a break. And computer trading side might turn the computer off and have no positions. On the discretionary side might actually greatly reduce positions and just uh, not explicitly to buy them back at a better entry point but to wait till the smoke clears there's more clarity there's more ability to construct what one thinks the future will look like but the contrary is also true that some money may actually move into the discretionary slow value camp saying "Ah, you know, the recent market moves, the declines that may well be driven by people just getting out are creating values and long-term opportunities. One thing I think one can certainly state at the very least is that in recent years to be utterly dominated by uh, Trading of the fast variety and more algorithmic than discretionary. One thing that I think has not drawn any commentary is the bulk of hedge funds, even 20 years ago, but certainly 30 or 40 years ago, notwithstanding their reputation as being fast money and traders and so forth were actually built on a discretionary slow model. Think Julian Roberts and Tiger and the Tiger Cubs. In the last 10 years, more and more of the hedge fund money has gone to platforms with portfolio managers operating under extremely tight stop-loss provisions, really sort of forcing them to be fast as it were, whether discretionary or otherwise. And hedge funds and value funds in general or discretionary value funds, I think used to be the very, very significant players among the discretionary slow value types. And that has been greatly reduced, particularly in the context of the size and prevalence and dominance of the other players so now i believe and i can't really or haven't tried to put numbers to this qualitative statement but really the principal source of efficiency driving in the market the principal locus of what i would call discretionary slow value is now corporate america with the inclusion of private equity and private equity funds as corporate America. A paper by Lamont, and I believe Fabrizi, written in the early 2000s, documented that, in point of fact, corporations were actually pretty good at trading in their own stocks. If public flows moved into hot managers and hot stocks and so forth, that demand was met by corporate issuance, and similarly, if public flows moved the other way, depressing prices, that was met by stock buybacks, and while uh, some companies buy and issue stock in an unvalue-related way, in an algorithmic-related way, most, in fact, are thoughtful and don't know the studies and so forth. But I think this is actually extraordinarily true in the corporate bond market among high-grade credits. Companies that don't have absolute immediate demand for money sell bonds opportunistically and are pretty good about it. So. One of the investment principles I espouse at White Box, one of White Box's 10 investment principles, is that right or wrong, the market always has a message and one should take it seriously. It's not the ravings of a lunatic. Look for a coherent kind of message. What is it saying? Does it make sense? Is it right or wrong? In the last few years, as markets have become more dominated by fast trading, as it were, more algorithmic than discretionary. I think I've walked that principle back a little bit. Uh, Stanley Druckenmuller, legendary investor, uh, has the phrase, algos playing laser tag, which I think is a wonderful metaphor, which he offered in the context of saying, you know, it used to be when news action and market action were different which is to say you know a company puts out a horrible press release the stock reflects it, opens down but closes the day up so the market action was up the news sort of action as it were was down in the market action one he said it used to be in that scenario the market was almost always right and he said now that that's just not true. It's algos playing laser tag, and it doesn't mean anything. So lots of the market now doesn't mean anything. It is computers watching other computers, watching other computers themselves and trying to guess, or front one, what they're doing. And it has no predictive value about the longer dated future. But that said, One should, in fact, take seriously the actions of discretionary, slow investors. It does actually mean something if Warren Buffett buys a company. It says something about the company. It says something about the sector. And in the corporate bond market, I think one should take seriously that in the investment grade world. We've seen the biggest extension of maturities, I believe, in history. So corporations that can, and these are discretionary, slow market participants, are extending their maturities. Another thought or corollary is that, at least for me, I don't think it's that hard or it is at least possible to have a grip on what discretionary value investors are in fact doing and how they think and where they can become the principal player. And in fact, when that happens, the smart algorithms will actually take that into account. In recent months, in both the bond market and The stock market a number of names having declined substantially are now in the zone where discretionary value type holders can be interested. I would throw out if one looks at the fixed income world one can say with a fair degree of confidence that um, even at two percent a very long bond is uninteresting and it's particularly uninteresting if one has a negative view on inflation five percent with no credit risk or essentially no credit risk certainly looks interesting even if one is a bit of a hawk on inflation but also particularly If one has fixed long term obligations. And there are now investment grade credits that do yield 5%. Translating the 5% with minimal credit and liquidity risk to a sovereign, that's maybe three and a half, three and three quarters. So, you know, I think the 2% bond that, in my view, nobody can own as a matter of value would in fact become interesting in that range. On the corporate side, you know, to do that calculation, one should look at what established private equity funds look at and are interested and willing to buy. And I would parenthetically comment that it's sort of my view that private equity is in a 2.0 or a 3.0 version, whereas the initial private equity players and their returns were driven by financial engineering. It was just a capital, or primarily a capital structure play. Substitute debt for equity, pay off the debt over a number of years, rinse, and repeat. Now, the proportion of debt is obviously way, way down, and they're more own for value players. The bottom line here is companies that generate free cash flow in excess of 5%, call it 7 8%, with reasonable predictability into the future and are of a size that private equity can absorb are interesting. Again, you know, sort of the guide being where does a discretionary value investor look? I, of course, would caution that this is in the short term. Value does not provide an absolute floor in any single investment. And of course, idiosyncratic things can go wrong along the way. But cross-sectionally, statistically, and over time, the results will be pretty good. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Ask Andy. If you would like to submit a question, please email askandypodcast at gmail.com. Ask Andy is sponsored by Park State Bank. Visit www.parkstatebank.com for all your banking needs.